Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We'll get started in just a moment. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing so that you may stay up to date with the latest podcast. And if our podcast brings value to your life, please consider sharing it with family and friends. Thanks for listening. And now here's today's podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. Well, listen, we've just finished a fairly lengthy series, a seven-week series called The Reborn Identity. And we focused on who we are in Christ. What, are our, what is our identity? What, is, what are our rights? What are our responsibilities? And we spent seven weeks sort of uh, mining out our identity from the Word of God. And we, it was really scripture heavy, man. We just really were diving in. And, and, and we made lots of important discoveries, lots of important identity building declarations. But there's one uh, declaration that we did not talk about in that series, and that's the one that we found in this scripture today. And, and that we just read is called, I am called. I am called. That's our declaration today. Now, it wasn't part of the previous series, and we're, and we're not continuing that series. I actually want to take that one declaration that I am called, and I want us to talk about it for a few weeks, because if we're going to live out who we are in Christ, if we're going to live out our identity in Christ, we have to have an understanding of calling, because we're all called. Can you say amen to that? All right? So these verses paint a really important picture for us because we are called by God. All of us, not just me, but you. Everyone who is a believer is called by God. He called us out of darkness. But listen, he didn't just call us from something. He called us to something, right? He didn't just save us from hell. He saved us to his kingdom and to his family for his honor and for his glory. So he didn't just call us from something, he called us to something. He called us from darkness to light. He called us from uh, from death, spiritual death, and he called us to spiritual life in the Lord. He called us to fell according to 1 Corinthians into fellowship with Jesus. But it's not just fellowship in the sense that we're just hanging out with Jesus, drinking coffee until the rapture takes place. That's not, just, that's not all he's got in mind for us. He called us to walk in fellowship, to walk arm in arm with Jesus as we carry out the works of Jesus. He called us to do something. He called us to do something. He created us to do good works, and he already has the plan for us. There is a work that every one of us has been called to. And as followers of Jesus, we've got to get busy doing what he called us to do. Would you agree with that? Now, this concept of calling um, in the American church, like so much else in the American church, um, has gotten a little bit twisted. It's gotten a little skewed. When you talk about calling, people often misunderstand. They, they get frustrated. They get frustrated. If there's one thing in the 28 years of ministry, of pastoral ministry, that I've heard from people, the number one frustration is I don't know what God has called me to do. I don't know what the will of God is for my life. And, I, and so when you start talking about calling, people get frustrated because there's a misunderstanding in the church about calling. So when a pastor says something like, 
All of you are called to fulfill the plan of God for your life. It's absolutely true, but it's not always understood and received biblically. So I'm going to tell you the name of the message today before I tell you the name of the series um, because I, I think it's going to make more sense this way. Today's message is called The Wrong Question. The Wrong Question. It's hard to get the right answer when you ask the wrong question. And I believe that today we're going to begin to help, to, to help understand the source of frustration when it comes to calling and hopefully have a better understanding of it biblically. All right. So when it comes to calling, the first thing you want to ask when somebody says, hey, you're called, the first sort of gut instinct is to say, called to what? The first question you want to ask is, what? What is God calling me to do. If you grew up in the church, there's a strong part of you that says, like, what part of Africa is God calling me to? Because that's what we always assume. If God's calling us, we got, it must be Africa. We're all going to Africa. I don't know who was going to stay here, but everybody in the church I grew up with thought we were going to Africa because God called, right? Or you're thinking, oh, what's my new job going to be? How am I going to make a living for my family? Because God has called me, so that must mean I have to quit my job and go into full-time ministry. Or maybe you're thinking, well, what ministry is, if you've been around the church too long, you've been thinking, well, what ministry is it they need help in because pastor's preaching about calling. So he's going to call people to the nursery today. He's going to call people to this or that. Or, or maybe some of you are a little jaded and you think, okay, what's this going to cost me? How much is this message going to cost? What have I got to do? What do I have to give up? Isn't that true? Isn't that kind of what we, the, what we think about as we talk about calling? But listen to me today. What is the wrong question? It's not what. Our response to the calling of God should not be a what as much as it should be a why. Why? Our, one of our core values here is the why is as important as the what. The why is as important as the what. And it's absolutely true. I want you to understand this. If you don't understand the right why, you might be doing the wrong what. If you don't understand the right why, you may be doing the wrong what. And it's important that we get both of those correct. Now, I want to borrow a concept today from one of my spiritual heroes, Dr. Mark Rutland. Um, he, you've heard me mention him before, and he has a leadership lesson, really a leadership paradigm or a leadership construct that I think really perfectly applies to our understanding of calling. And so I'm going to take his idea about teaching a team or running a business or running an organization, and I want to apply it to, uh, to our response to God's calling. Now, his concept is about the difference between function and purpose. The difference in function and purpose. I want to give you two examples. One of the churches Dr. Rutland pastored, he had a janitor that came to see him one day, and he was really upset. The janitor was very upset. He was upset at the teachers in the preschool ministry, in the kids' ministry, especially the preschool teachers, because they were doing activities on Sunday that were making a mess. And the janitor was tore up about it. He was upset. He said, Pastor, I feel disrespected. He said, I spent all this time cleaning this building, and, and they're not helping me keep it clean. If they just make these little boys and girls come in and sit down 
if they just tell them the stories about Jesus and quit with all of this construction paper and scissors and glue and paint and glitter, then, then this building would stay clean. And it's at that moment that Dr. Rutland recognized that this janitor understood his function but did not understand his purpose. And so he said, I am so sorry because you've been told that your job is to keep the building clean and you've been doing that really well. You're a great janitor. But your job is not to keep the building clean. Your job is to prepare the building to get dirty. And that's a whole different thing. He said, because when the building is dirty, it's because the teachers are doing their jobs in teaching these little kids about Jesus. The building gets dirty because their little feet have dirt on the bottom. The building gets dirty because we're serving the purpose of making disciples of Jesus. So your job is not to keep it clean. Your job is to make sure it's clean so, they can, so it can get dirty again while we teach them about Jesus. And guess what? He never complained again because he understood. There's a difference in function and purpose, right? Here's another example. In one church, 20, 20 years before this, uh, some youth pastor had asked a lady in the church if she would cook hot dogs for the youth group on Wednesday night. So we got some kids coming in. They, they don't have a, a lot of food at home or some of them are just coming straight in from practice or whatever. And, and just in general, as a general life rule, teenagers, if they're breathing, they're hungry, right? So, so could, could you just fix some hot dogs for these kids and then that'll give them a chance to fill their little bellies and we'll be able to just sit down and have some fellowship. And she did every Wednesday night. For 20 years, she fixed hot dogs for the youth group. Youth pastors came and went. She was always there, always fixing the hot dogs. And, and one day, the latest new youth pastor came to her and said, Sister Johnson, what about fixing some pizza for the youth group this Wednesday night? And Sister Johnson lost her mind. She completely flipped her lid, and she, her lid and she said, Are you trying to get rid of me? I've been fixing hot dogs for these kids since you were in elementary school. And you, you, God has called me to fix hot dogs for these kids, and that's what I'm going to do. And this poor kid is 22 and a half, and he's talking to Sister Johnson, and he's like, I'm, I'm not trying to get rid of you. The kids are just sick of hot dogs. They just don't want, they're going to throw up if they eat another hot dog. And she said, I am not going to betray the call of God. If you want pizza, you can fix pizza yourself. God has called me to fix hot dogs, so I'm going to find a church where I can fulfill my calling, someplace that will appreciate what I do for the Lord. And with that, she grabbed her 12-pound purse, and she walked straight out the door. Now, what happened? Sister Johnson understood her function she did not get her purpose. God had indeed not called her to fix hot dogs. The purpose of what she was doing was to feed hungry teenagers who didn't have enough to eat at home or to provide for them an opportunity to just relax and fellowship with each other and with their youth leaders. 
And over the last 20 years, many kids had been ministered to over those hot dogs. Confessions were made. Relationships were built. Conversations were had. The gospel was shared. People had gotten saved over those hot dogs. It did exactly what it was supposed to do, but it had nothing to do with hot dogs. The purpose could have been fulfilled no matter what was on the menu. What she had been called to do was serve these kids, was facilitate ministry. But she got caught up in the function, which was fixing hot dogs. She got so caught up that she lost her purpose, which was the opportunity to serve the students. And so now she's going to go to another church... And she's going to tell that pastor that God has called her to cook hot dogs for the students on Wednesday night. And unless they let her do that, and only that, and exactly that, then she'll go find another church. And meanwhile, she's going to harbor bitterness in her heart towards this mean old youth pastor who asked her to violate the call of God in her life. The poor 22-year-old is going to try to figure out how to fix pizza for, for 50 kids. He's never turned an oven on in his life. Everybody loses. Everybody loses. So what happened in these two examples? They asked the wrong question. When asked to serve, when invited to serve, they asked, what do you want me to do? Instead of asking, why do you need this done? Why, not what? Purpose, not function. So this series is titled, Called for a Purpose. Called for a Purpose. And I hope it will revolutionize the concept of calling for you in the body of Christ. So function is the what, purpose is the why. Does that make sense? Y'all with me? Are you with me? You stay, just something. Just give me something, okay? Function is the machinery. Purpose is the motive. Function's the action. Purpose is what you're trying to achieve. Function is the steps you take. Purpose is the destination you're trying to get to. For those of you who are football starved, like me, maybe this will help you. Function is understanding how to run the plays. Purpose is understanding which game you're playing and how to win. Okay? What churches need, what this church and every church needs, is for people to buy in to the vision of the church, to buy in to the leaders of the church, and then do whatever it takes to see that vision come to pass. Don't disqualify yourself just because you don't think you're able. And on the other side of that coin, also don't disqualify yourself because you think it's beneath you. Because all ministry, if you do it with the proper understanding of purpose, all ministry is powerful and effective and important and pleasing to God. You never know what God is going to do with somebody who will do whatever it takes to advance the cause of Christ. And that's the call this morning. That's the call. 
about 20, Lord, has it been 20 years ago? About 20 years ago, Valerie and I went out to uh, Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona, to um, a, a training event out there at a huge church, one of the largest in the country. They were at the time serving about 13,000 people on Sunday mornings in, in between two or three services. And uh, we went out there for some training. And they were kind of telling the stories of, of, of the explosive growth of that church. And one of the stories that they told was right after this pastor had come, um, he was share, he had a great vision. He was sharing vision for the city and for the church and for ministry and kingdom. And, and everybody was excited and trying to find their place. And there was this one guy in the church who um, didn't think he really fit the mold for working in the church. He just didn't know if God could use somebody like him. Had a, had a little bit of a rough past. Had a few brushes with the law. Just, he just felt a little bit too far on the outside. He wasn't sure God could even use him. But he just he, he, he thought of the, the, uh, the only thing he could think of. And he went to the pastor and said, Can I pick up kids in my neighborhood and bring them to church? And the pastor was like, Of course, we'd love for you to bring kids to church. And so the next week, this dude went out and he brought kids to church. And, and the next week, there was another kid. And the next week, there was another kid until he packed his car and like kids just hanging all over the place to get to church. And so they were like, Man, this guy's really on it. Well, I wonder if he could use a van. So they, they just cobbled some, some money together and they bought him a van. And they said, here, maybe it'll help. And, you know, like kids won't have to hang on to the rear mirror or nothing. So, like, just put the kids in the van. So he went and he got kids in the van. And, and then within a couple weeks, he filled the van up. So he starts making multiple trips in the van. He, like, loads them up, comes, dumps them out the church door, goes and does it again. He just fills it up, and they're like, good grief, this guy's just not going to stop. So they bought him They bought him a decommissioned school bus. That's some top-quality ministry material right there, right? So they got him a decommissioned school bus, and they said, here, maybe this will save you a little time. Like, there's, you can put a bunch of, if you can put three to a seat, there's 24 seats, that's 72 kids. Go get 72 little behindies, bring them to school, bring them to church, maybe it'll, it'll help. So he did. He filled up his bus. He started going twice. Kids are getting saved on the bus. Kids are getting saved in the, in, the, in the ministry, the kids' ministry. They're getting discipled in the Sunday school. So before long, the church is like, let's get another bus. But he's just one guy. So now he's going and recruiting other drivers. He's overseeing a whole fleet, eventually a whole fleet of school buses that are going and bringing hundreds of kids, crisscrossing the city of Phoenix, Arizona, bringing kids to church. Hundreds of kids every week. And now, at this time, he's doing seminars. People are flying in from Bremen, Georgia, and all over the world to hear him talk about bus ministry. He didn't think there was a place for him. So what would have happened if he had gotten caught up in that mentality? What would have happened if he'd gotten locked into function? What would have happened, first of all, if he'd have just said, listen, there's no way God can use anything like me. No way I can do anything for the kingdom. I'm just glad they let me come to church here. And then just sat there for the next 30 years, disqualifying himself. Or if he did choose to start bringing some kids to church, what if he had got locked in that function and said, no, 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 God didn't say drive a bus. I'm a van driver. Right? Or what if he'd said, no, 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 I'm a, I'm a bus driver. I'm not a boss. So if you want more than one bus, you're going to have to go get somebody else to do this because I'm a bus driver, not a bus ministry leader. Listen to me. Get yourself full of vision. 
Get yourself full of purpose and carry out whatever function you can find to help, to help fulfill that purpose. Whether you're overqualified or underqualified. And do you know what will happen? Proverbs says the, the, the steps of righteous people are what? They're ordered by the Lord. That means if you'll just get moving, He'll move you where He wants you. He'll relocate you. He'll promote you. He'll qualify you. He will get you where you need to be because your heart is for Him and for the kingdom. And He needs more people like that. Now part of the challenge we have, oh boy, Been really loud. Sorry about that. Part of the challenge we have in America is that it really started with the spread of the gospel to the Gentiles. Is is we have this Western or Greek mentality about things. Greek mentality, Western mentality is is very knowledge oriented. Okay, it is it's linear. It, it's it's an outline. It's logic. It's a checklist. It's a flow chart. And some of you are like, yes, these are my people. Just flow charts and graphs and colors. And you're like, ah, oh, I love it. It's clean. It's clear. It's organized. The problem is Christianity was founded on the root system of Judaism, which is an Eastern mindset. It's not about knowledge. It's about relationship. So here's, here's how the, the, this works. In Western philosophy, knowledge is the goal. And we use relationships to learn what we want to know. In Eastern philosophy, the relationship is the most important. So you find somebody that you think is worthy to study under, somebody who can teach you what you need to know and will make you who you need to be, and you just build a relationship with the teacher, and, and that's the goal, and the knowledge is just a byproduct of the right relationship. In the American church, we've turned God's call into a Western world checklist of prerequisites and qualifications and resume when it's really an Eastern world invitation to relationship. It's not... So listen, if you don't hear anything else that, I, that I'm going to say, please hear this. The, the call of God, the response to the call of God should not be, what am I qualified to do? What, what am I expected to do? What, uh, what am I obligated to do? The response should be, what wouldn't I do for the one I love? What wouldn't I do for the one who died for me? What wouldn't I do for him? What is the wrong question? Why is a far more important question. It's not about function. It's about purpose. And, and, and most American people have shut themselves out of working in the kingdom because we're straining over what particular function God wants us to fulfill. Listen, calling is not about function. It's about purpose. The kingdom of God needs you and me to do whatever it takes to advance the purpose. So it's time for all of us to get in the game. Now listen, I want us to go to Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah 6, um, it's one of the most famous callings in all of Scripture. It's so powerful. It's so dramatic. It's really, if you read it, it's cinematic. They should, 
If they could figure out how to replicate this, they, they could make a blockbuster movie of this moment. Isaiah said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. I saw him in all of his, on his throne in all of his majesty and all of his glory. He, and and he, he saw uh, the created beings of God proclaiming the sovereignty and the holiness and the power of God. And, and Isaiah suddenly realized how unclean he was. He suddenly realized how inappropriate it was for him to even be in the presence of God. And so God sent an angel to grab a coal off the altar and purify his lips. Y'all remember this? And after that, God asks a question. And according to Scripture, he didn't ask it to Isaiah we don't know who else might have also been in the presence of God in that moment. He just asked a question in the presence of Isaiah. And I want to read that to you in Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 8 in the ESV. It says, I heard a voice, the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And you see the response was, Here am I. Send me. God said, whom can we send and who will go for us? It's an interesting question because it's so generic. It's very ambiguous. The word go, the Hebrew word go, can, I mean, there's a paragraph of things it could mean. And, and it, it, it really, you could say, who's, who will walk around for us? Right? Who will represent us? Who will carry the story for us? It doesn't appear to be a, a, an offer for a specific office or a specific activity. Or if it, even if it was, there was no clear job description. There was no disclosure of what would be required. Just an invitation to represent the interests of the one who's sitting on the throne. And the response is what has just really done me in this week. Isaiah didn't even ask a question. He didn't even ask a question. He, he didn't ask what or why. He didn't do nothing. To, he, he, he just said... What do you want me to do? You know, here I am. He didn't even ask, what do you want me to do? He just said, I'm here. Send me. I'll do it. Isaiah didn't care about the what because his encounter with God already answered his why. Isaiah didn't need to know the what. His encounter with God had already answered his why. One glimpse of God's holiness one experience with God's willingness and ability to forgive him and sanctify him and accept him. And Isaiah didn't need to know anything else. It was yes, yes, Lord, whatever it is, whatever you're asking, it's a yes because it's you who's asking. I don't need to know anything else. Listen, we need people to step up and serve in this church and in every church and in the body of Christ in general. Now, can I take off my official pastor hat and just be honest with you for a second? Philip, I'll just get with you afterwards and we'll just skip this part maybe. Can, can we just be for real for a second? We, we have tried all kinds of things. I could list the ways and the things that we've tried to help people find their way, their place to serve in this church. But I'm just going to be real honest with you. I, I, I've about decided we don't need another test. We don't need another survey. We don't need another inventory. We don't need another invitation. We don't need another desperate plea for help. What we need is a bunch of people who have had a life-changing encounter with God himself. 
What we need is a bunch of people who will recognize that God knew you and he cleansed you and he purified you and he set you apart and he saved you and he put his spirit in you and he put his knowledge in you and he has a calling for you and he wants you to be part of his kingdom. We need a whole bunch of people whose revelation of God gives them their why and when they get their why, we won't be able to keep them from their what? There's nothing wrong with any of those other things and ways, any of that stuff that helps you understand yourself or understand your giftings. But, but it's causing, in the American church, it's causing paralysis by analysis. We're so intent on studying ourselves and studying the ways we would best serve in God's kingdom that we never actually serve in God's kingdom. That we're, we're, we're terrified that we're going to do the wrong thing because it might not match our 80% profile. Oh, the, ah. Listen, the Bible is full of people who did things for which they were completely unqualified. Just look at the apostles. Just these 12 jokers. Only Nathaniel had a reputation for, for, being, for, for any training or a reputation for integrity. Listen, not even intelligence. We're not even trying to get a reputation for intelligence. Just integrity. And the rest of these guys were just a motley crew of fishermen and government workers and political activists. So how did they change the world? Because they had a life-changing encounter with Jesus Christ and then they just went and did whatever they could find to advance his kingdom and live like he lived. Just go replicate the life of Jesus. And people are so terrified in the American church that we're going to do the wrong thing. Like moms... Have you ever come home and your kids are just weeping, just, just shivering in the corner because, Mom, I cleaned the house and you didn't ask me to clean the house. And I don't want you to be mad at me. You're like, are you kidding me? You're my favorite kid. Don't tell the rest of them. But you're my favorite. God's not going to be mad at us <laughs> if it takes us a minute to figure out exactly what the function is. Once we understand the purpose... Just get after it. Just go advance the kingdom. Just try to fulfill the purpose. If that, if that little baby said, I just knew you were having a rough week and I knew the house needed to be cleaned. You didn't really ask me to do it. I just wanted to do it. Oh, I, we, we'll take all those kids in our house, right? Because they get the purpose and they just went and did it because it needed to be done. Function is religion. Purpose is relationship. There's a whole ton of people in the American church who are doing things or not doing things, but they got no idea why they're doing them or not doing them. They don't know why they come to church other than it's sort of expected because they call me if I don't, because people harass me if I don't. And they don't know why they read the Bible, don't know why they are supposed to pray, don't know why they're supposed to be kind. They, they were only told the what. They were never told the why. And listen, you can do all kinds of Christian-like things and still not be a Christian. 
It's about a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ that changes your why and then works its way out into a what. When you get your purpose, you start doing Christian-like things for all the right reasons. And we're going to talk about some of those whys in the next few weeks. Listen, when you, when you talk to believers, they're often just terrified that they're not going to find their calling in their lives. And, and, and part of it is they're afraid they're going to do the wrong thing. And we already talked about that. I think secondly, and more, maybe more concerning, is that the church has sold, they've marketed the calling of God as a way to fulfill yourself. It's a path to self-fulfillment. Have you, you've heard people say this, if you don't find the calling of God in your life, then you're never going to be happy. You're never going to have peace. And here's the problem. The calling of God is not about you. Thank you for that resounding amen. The calling of God is not about you. The calling of God is for God and God's purposes to be fulfilled. It's not about making you happy. As a matter of fact, the more you walk out the calling of God in your life, the less likely you are to be happy in this world. Because the goals of God are not connected to this world. They're not designed to make you comfortable. They're not designed to make you happy. They're not designed to provide for you. It's for everybody else. It's for the kingdom. It's, it's His honor, His glory, right? His kingdom come, His will be done. And so if we, when we see this... Um, when we see this, this reticence on the part of American Christians to get involved in this, all this agitation about, I don't know if I'm finding the will of God for my life. I don't know if I'm finding the calling of God. I'm afraid that too many of us are, are really, what we're really worried about is that we're not ever going to be happy. We're not ever going to find our place or find our peace. That's not the point. We have to find the purpose. See, I, I think part of it is this confusion between calling and appointment, or calling versus assignment. I am called. I am called to teach and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's what He gifted me for. It's how He made me. It's, I'm, it's what I'm passionate about. Listen, y'all. I speak. I speak in alliteration, like with normal people. I have conversations, and I have three points. Sometimes even scriptures. It just comes out. I don't mean to do it, but I preach to my family. It just happens. It's just how I'm built. That's, that's what God's called me to do. And He's given me the opportunity to do it. My, my appointment, on the other hand, my assignment, my function is to pastor this church in this season. But make no mistake about it, y'all. If you run me off this afternoon... I'm still going to fulfill the calling of God on my life. My assignment's going to change. My function's going to change. But my calling remains the same. And I'll continue to fulfill the why, no matter the what. Why is that? John, that sounds a little arrogant. You're getting a little, you're getting a little full of yourself here. Aren't you? No, I, I have to. Because I've had a life-changing encounter with Jesus Christ. 
He cleansed my lips. He purified my soul. He saved me. He gave me everything I have or everything I ever will have. I love Him because He first loved me. He knew me when I was unlovable. He still loved me. How could I not serve Him? How can I not love Him? How can I not be faithful to the call? How can I not involve myself in His purposes and do whatever I can find to advance His kingdom? And the call, you say, well, that's easy for you because you're a preacher. Listen, the call is to use everything I have and everything I am to live like Jesus and love like Jesus and make disciples for Jesus. I just happen to be built for teaching and preaching. Your call and my call are the same. Use everything that we have and everything that we are to live like Jesus, to love like Jesus, to make disciples of Jesus, no matter how you're built, no matter what you, no matter what function you serve. So let's ask the right question. Let's ask, why does this thing need to be done? And if it matches my why, if it advances the kingdom, if it helps me to lead like Jesus and love like Jesus and live like Jesus and make disciples of Jesus, if I'm able to do it, then it's a yes. Because it fits the purpose. We're called to a purpose, not to a function. Why don't y'all stand with me? I know this is a lot. I know I was really excited. Couldn't wait to share this this week. I'm passionate about it because I really, really, really see this as a solution for a problem that's been plaguing the church for many, many years. I want us, and I've made all these mistakes myself, okay? I want us to make sure we understand purpose, that we understand calling so that we can get after it, so we can see the kingdom advance, that God's will be done, and Him be glorified. Uh, our fulfillment in life, not our comfort, not our pleasure, not our happiness, but our fulfillment and our purpose in life is in carrying out His call. But we have to understand what that is. And so I just, I just I want you, as we get ready to pray, and I, I pray this every week, it's no less true today, pray that the Holy Spirit searches our heart. Because I'm afraid, if you've been in church for, for very long, it's really easy to fall into function and to forget about purpose. It's real easy to get weary in well-doing. It's real easy to go through the motions of serving and having church and doing all those things and forgetting what it is you're here for and what it is you're doing it for. So if you've fallen a little, a little too heavily on the religion side and not on the relationship side, then in, this, in, this, in these next few moments, repent of that. Recognize it. Admit it. Own it. And tell the Lord that you're ready to fulfill purpose, not just function. You're ready to have a relationship with him. I'm going to pray. If you'd like to come to this altar, please do. If, you go, if you're watching at home, pray at home. If you, after we pray, then Corey's going to sing, lead us in one last song, and we'll be dismissed together. But don't miss this sacred moment right now for God to realign you with purpose.
Father, in the name of Jesus, we just ask that your Holy Spirit would search our hearts. God, for me, search my heart. I pray, God, that there's not anything that I'm doing that I'm only doing out of function, Lord, but that I understand the purpose of everything that I do. Lord, that I get to the why and not just the what. That That I'm heavy on relationship and not religion. Lord, would you help us to fall in love with you all over again so that when you call, when there's an opportunity that's presented in front of us, God, we don't, we don't have to hesitate. We just know, we see purpose when we, we recognize purpose when we see it and we just get after it, trusting you to lead us and guide us all the way, to equip us, to give us what we want. God, I just pray that you would raise up a church at Covenant Life, raise up a church that's full of purpose, passion, power, pursuing you and your kingdom for your honor, for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. This is my desire to each of our hearts individually as families and as a body of believers at covenant life god that you be glorified in everything that we do lord we thank you for your word we thank you for the time in your presence today and god i pray that we leave this place changed and full of purpose in the name of jesus we pray amen we pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's covenant living broadcast To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. 
just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. And give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.